I'm sorry? What was that again? I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. Because you survived a car wreck? You folks ready to order? I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender, I am an immortal. Special today is blueberry waffles. Idealistic Southern Lawyers to Geek Salad episode 242, every in-house, outhouse, and doghouse. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And we have a very special guest, as it is our recollection of 30 years of the movies of 1993. It doesn't feel right if we don't have our, our good friend M from the Verbal Diorama podcast to join us for this. I know it's like becoming Yay! a thing now, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I told you I'm holding out to 1999. Oh God, we think that this is going to be a big episode. If they only get bigger, actually, that's a lie. They'll get bigger by next year. Then they're going to drop down for a bit, and then 1999 is just going to be like gangbusters. So I think we need to just hold out for another. Yeah, uh, we've, we've got a few years left to go till 1999. We do. We've got about six years left to go on that. Yeah, so we're. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm down. I'm down to get to 1999. So I'm, I'm excited. Thank you for having me back. Oh, you are so welcome. We missed you last year, and I had to do the pre-recorded stuff, which um, I still, I still th- think yeah. went great. Um, but it was so good to be able to at least kind of have you here in spirit for 1992. Uh, you can also check out our episodes from um, 1990 and 1991. Um, and also, you know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there right now. If you're not already listening to M's podcast, uh, Verbal Diorama, please do so. At the end of this two-part episode, we will tell you where you can find it and all that other fun stuff. But we have. Oh my God, guys, we have a gigantic list of movies to talk about here, especially because we're changing things up. Normally, when we do these retrospecticais, um, we do them where we talk about the domestic top 10 first, and then we go into the kind of the and the rest. We're going to start from the back this year and do the and the rest. What's this crap? Uh, (laughs) So we're going to start that first. Uh, before we begin, though, I have a couple of people who wanted to, uh, through our our, our uh, socials, just wanted to talk a little bit about the movies of 1993. And um, once I can pull that nonsense up here, I'll be doing great. There we are. So we're going to start with a um, good friend of the podcast, Dave McLean, who says it's a year that looks, in retrospect, like we were so desperate to get out of the house 
that we would have watched Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan read radio commercials in a coffee shop. However, in that years-long quest for a universal blandness came out a few moments where Hollywood showed its more artistic and, and uh, side. True romance embodied the spirit of the age, and The Nightmare Before Christmas is an unquestionably a holiday classic. So, folks, Dave's already thrown the gauntlet down here. We have to talk about uh, – first of all, we'll start with True Romance. Has anybody besides me seen True Romance? I've, I've seen it, yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts? Any, everybody else? It's, 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 it's a very Gen X movie is the best I can say. Okay. You know, it, 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 it really kind of embodied the, 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 the peak of the grunge era, or as the, the grunge era was peaking. It's very, right. got very much that aesthetic and that very much, very much that Gen X aesthetic. I have to pause and wonder what would have happened if Quentin Tarantino was actually allowed to direct this movie. Because oh he wrote God. the screenplay to it. And this came, this came dead in between Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Ooh. And, I mean, it's got Tony, Tony Scott's, you know, like, directorial flourish all over it. It just, it, you know, lots of close-ups, lots of, um, you know, smash cuts and zoom cuts and all that fun stuff. And I don't know. I just, this is a, I, I like this movie. Um, I just, it, it's hard for me to love the movie only because there is always going to be that lingering question of what could have been. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mike, Catherine, M, have any of you seen True Romance with uh, Christian Slater and, and uh, Patricia Arquette? No. I don't recall. If nope. I did, it was like in college and I don't remember it. Okay. I mean, it no, is a... Sorry, Catherine, go ahead. I, I didn't see it in theaters. I would have watched it on like college cable or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it is a cast of thousands though. I mean, you've got, um, you've got Christopher Walken and, uh, Dennis Hopper, uh, Dennis Hopper scene, which, Oh my God. Yeah. Well, the Dennis Hopper scene was one of those scenes that as an acting student, Oh my God, so many people did that monologue and it just got <laughs> more, and more and more problematic as the years went on. Because he's talking about how, um, you know, all of Italy is, you know, just, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. And then Sicily was was raided by the Moors. Yeah, and, you know, it's Quentin Tarantino who apparently is licensed to, to use the N-word whenever he feels like it. Um <laughs> But, you know, yeah, Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman, this is like the first time I really loved Gary Oldman in a role because he just plays like this, this, this dude named Drexel, who is just a um, he's a Rasta man, but he's like he really is the coolest guy in the room. And he's only in one scene. And Brad, well, there's Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is, um, you know, is just at stoner level at this point. <laughs> And oh my God, Bronson Pinchot is in this movie. Yeah, it's pretty star-studded. Perfect Strangers, Bronson Pinchot. Well, yeah. Well, that's not, let's not forget he was also he was also in uh, Beverly Hills Cop, so it's not that. Yeah, that's true. I just saw him last night in um, an episode of Our Flag Means Death too. And I'm like, who is that? Who? Oh my God, it's Balky. <laughs> <laughs> 
So then Dave also brings up, and I know we want to take a little, we're going to take a little bit of time here because we can refer everybody back to M's amazing episode from last year on this movie, as well as Mike and my um, retro review from a few years back on our YouTube channel, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Open your mind and let yourself go to a place where every day is Halloween and every night Jack Skellington I am the Pumpkin King! dreams of something different. What is this? It's someplace new. Jack, look out! What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This is What is this? Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? What is there to say about this movie that we haven't all said ad nauseum? M. I know you love this movie. <laughs> I knew you were going to come to me first. Uh, of course I was. I do. I do love this movie. Uh, <laughs> um, because uh, as well, as you all know, as listeners of my podcast know, I'm a huge fan of animation. And this was, I mean, it was genre defining in so many ways. And the fact it still has such a following today. Um, I mean, you see it uh, every Christmas, every Halloween. The Jack and Sally costumes come out, the um, memorabilia in stores. Like I was at the Disney store um, on Oxford Street in London uh, last weekend. And um, the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff is still there. You know, it's, it seems like it's everywhere online. Like it's It's just an incredible achievement in filmmaking, you know. Um, I, yeah, I. I think it's wonderful. I think there are some songs that I don't really kind of gel with as much, but then there are just, you know, classic songs in there. And is it a Christmas movie? Is it a Halloween movie? Who cares? It's like the sort of movie that you can just put on anytime. And it's just, and I'm kind of glad that they never did a sequel because I know they mm. could have with all of the different, uh, towns that you could have done you know easter town um thanksgiving town you know all of all of that they could have they could have gone somewhere else but i'm glad they didn't i'm glad it's a one and done and it's it's so special and the way they made it is so wonderful yeah and this is a warning to all of you do not do go on to google and search for nightmare before christmas fan fiction Uh, thank me later What is that? Is that a Rule Thirty Four situation, there, Andy? I I I I firmly believe it is, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, what the thing is too, and um, your your podcast last year really kind of educated me on, quite honestly, how little involvement Tim Burton had in the overall production of the movie. And before you came on, we were talking a little bit about this, yep. and that, you know, Mike had mentioned, you know, it's it's his characters, it's his ideas, but. That's putting the pen to paper, but getting the cameras rolling, that's Paul Henry Selleck. And I really feel like he is 
completely underrated as a stop motion well, director. Well, yeah, I, th- I think Tim Burton, I don't want to say undeserved credit for this movie, but I mean, and, and that's not to say that Tim Burton isn't an amazing filmmaker. I mean, he is, he's put out some bangers in, in his career. But yeah, like you said, this is this is not his beyond the characters and the story. This is not really his movie. This is right. totally the director's movie. Yeah, and quite and honestly, it's Danny Elfman's I movie mean, as well. Can, Danny Elfman's mu- Henry, music Henry is what Selleck moves going forward. Yeah, the, the, yeah, Danny Elfman. It's like I think people assume that because it's Danny Elfman that it's got to be Tim Burton because they work so well together, uh, and they have historically always worked so well together, but. Yeah. Henry Selick is so underrated as a director. I mean, if you look at Nightmare Before Christmas, you look a bit far in the future and you look at something like Coraline and you can just see like he is a master. And it, it kind of irks me yeah. a little bit, actually, that he doesn't get the credit that he deserves for The Nightmare Before Christmas because it is his movie. It's kind of nothing to do with Tim Burton, but right. it's like Tim Burton's the big name. So... Yeah, of course. Let's just put his name on it. But Henry Selick's yeah. incredible. I think he also did James and the Giant Peach, actually, as well, which is also wonderful. Yep. yep. He did. Awesome. Catherine, Mike, anything you want to add to uh, the, the Nightmare on... Uh, I almost said Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas uh, <laughs> discourse? Not really. Um, uh, I, I, I agree. You know, it's it is a classic. I'm just gonna go with a. Uh, there was a uh, a sequel written like a couple of years ago that um, my girlfriend turned me on to. Uh, a, a young adult book called um, "Long Live the Pumpkin Queen," and it kind of centers on uh, Sally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I huh. got the I downloaded the audio book for it. I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, huh. my girlfriend likes it a lot. So, well, that might have to check that out. Good. Yeah. Hey, Jonna, we'll be getting to you in just a minute. Because <laughs> we've got uh, another another look back at uh, 1993 from our good friend Steve Day. And this is just more of a blanket statement on the, on the, um, on the year in general. I probably mentioned this before. I'm not uh, generally not a fan of most of the pop culture of the 90s, despite it being the era where I came of age and just had all of the best sex adventures. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but we could talk about more of that next year when we get to Clerks and Kevin Smith's weird phobia about his girlfriend's sexual histories. Also in 1993, I was a sophomore in high school, so the only adventures I was having involved 20-sided dice and little leaden men. On the same night, all my friends went to see Dazed and Confused. I opted for Wagons East, and as I didn't feel like being taunted by watching kids at the kind of parties, I didn't get invited to. So let's let's park a second here on... Dazed and confused. George Washington, man, he was in a cult. And the cult was in the aliens, man. You didn't know that? Uh, Somewhere between free love and safe sex. Benny! Tie-dye and button fly. We should be up for anything. Ed Sullivan and MTV. So stupid, doesn't it? There was a generation. The 60s rocked. The 70s, they obviously sucked. That was dazed and confused. Maybe the 80s will be radical. Be awfully cool if you did. Stop that. You <laughs> fucking stop that now. Oh my god. You know what? I don't know if men of our age, Joe, 
understand how fucking creepy it is when they when they quote the most popular line in this movie. Oh, I know. Thing about high school girls is they say that you keep getting older, they get the same age. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I've seen this movie twice. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. That's the thing. I've watched it twice, and I don't know if I actually like it or not. It's just like a movie that just kind of is to me. It's you know, it's it well, the, great, the, great, you in. the great thing about it, though, is that beyond Matthew McConaughey, well, I don't know, was Matthew McConaughey pretty a star by then? But you're seeing a no. lot of like, I mean, this was a breakout movie for a lot of star, uh, the, the current day superstars. Yeah. You know, ben like this, is, this was, ben, I think this was Ben Affleck's debut. And he, pl- and yeah. he played the perfect Ben Affleck character, which was an asshole. <laughs> right, because that's one thing Ben Affleck is good is, is good at playing is assholes. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, but then Renee Zellweger's in this, isn't she? Yep. And which Lee brother was in? Okay. It? Was it Jason? And, or, um, oh, I'm looking at the Justin. picture and I'm blanking on her name. Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one of the Lee, one of the Lee brothers was in it. Is in it too. Was one of the Le- no? It's one of the London brothers. The London, I'm sorry, the London brothers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was. J- it's Jason easy to or... understand because Lee and London were in uh, Mallrats. Now, was it yeah. Mallrats London? Right. I don't know which one it was. I don't know if it was J- uh, Jason or uh, the other one. The one that's not Justin. Nuts. I I don't I don't know. Mike M, you're awful quiet about this. I I oh, so first of all. I, I would understand if Mike hasn't seen it, but I'd be shocked, Em. Have you not seen Dazed and Confused? I have not seen Dazed and Confused. To be honest, um, the the whole, you know, all right, all right, all right. I didn't know where that came from until now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't know. Geek well, Salad. Uh, We're an educational I just podcast. Thought, I knew it was like a line. I knew it was like a... I know. Well, the, I'm, I'm, it's just I'm something on the possessed. dumbest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> Well, no, the, oh and the the basic premise of the movie is that this is it's a high school story set in the seventies in in the middle of Texas, and it's just it's supposed to be like a coming of age story between like these seniors that are graduating and these freshmen that are becoming sophomores. It's it's a whole thing, but a lot of it is very seventies centric. So that and that's where yeah. like Matthew McConaughey's character kind of. In the context of the seventies, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey plays like the guy who graduated years ago, but still hangs out with high school kids. It's because that's weird. not creepy uh, at all. I, I, and I was right. going to say, and that's the thing is, I've heard many adult men say that line about how you keep getting older; they see stay the same age. Um, and it's like, take a step back. I mean, this is just. It's like having a conversation with Tobias Funke. It's like just just record the things that you're saying, and play them back, and listen to them, and l- realize the context. So, yeah. I started, so that was I, I. I watched a bunch of movies uh, for homework before this show, and I tried okay. watching Daisy Confused, and I got half an hour in, and I'm like, I don't like any of these characters, <laughs> and it's yeah. not like I want to hate watch them. I don't like them. I, 
I just don't know if I like, you know, and that's the thing. I just don't know if I have an opinion one way or another about this movie. It's just, it is a movie that happened. It's there. When I was in college and it is, it, it, it's yeah. kind of like, it's there. See, I didn't watch say, it until like full. 10 years after it came out because I didn't even know it existed until I, until Diane and I started dating it. And I was like, Oh, and she wanted to watch it one day and she's like, okay, well, I'm like, all right, whatever. And it blew my mind that it came out in 1993 and it had like Ben Affleck, you know, it had all these names, all these stars. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is must have been before yeah. they hate a pig. So anyway, that that's days and confused. I think we need to move on with some of our um, feedback that we got on uh, Twixter because I'm not refusing it to call it by its its real New name. name. I'll, and you, I you're dead okay, naming so you're Twitter. Gonna- you're yeah, you're dead naming it's, it's, still, it's still Twitter. It's fine. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. He can dead name his own kid. I can dead name his stupid app. So anyway, Fair we've enough. got uh, Kurt Kurt Smith at Swayze of Arabia, friend of the pod. Uh, El Mariachi is a good deep cut from Robert Rodriguez. Uh, Kurt, I gotta just put a pin in that real quick. And I'm sorry to call you out on the show. El Mariachi came out in 1992. I think the same week as Reservoir Dogs. Yep. But late in the year. So understandable. And then Carnosaur is a fun Jurassic Park knockoff from New World Pictures. And, oh, here's one we can park on for a second. Last Action Hero is incredibly underrated. And one where people didn't get it, uh, get that it's satire. Mm. Last Action Hero, folks. I think the ones I watched for homework is a masterpiece. I think it's <laughs> a, a, a genuine. I, I genuinely think that it's it's a movie that has only got better with time. Okay. Uh, I love it. I think it's so much fun. I really do. I think it's. I think it's brilliant fun. And yeah. it's just yeah. such a shame that it didn't do better because <laughs> it deserves to do better. I mean, we it's, weren't it's living in an like, age. It is annoying as anything. Oh yeah. Well, that's oh, the yeah. thing, Em. We weren't living in an age back then when it was like, you know, you you really had to just spray paint it in big red letters. This is satire for people to understand that it was satire back then, especially for mm. something of that size, of that size of movie, a smaller movie. Had it been like released on the scale of something like a days you're confused it probably would have been considered a cult hit because oh it's satire of action movies but to kind of expect um as a friend of mine calls it the mass ass to understand that it's satire it 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 would take a lot more legwork to convince them that satire instead of what the hell am i watching you know so like I, I had a few thoughts because I've never seen this before, like like last month. Um, and I didn't realize that Jurassic Park 2's reference to Schwarzenegger as King Lear was a shout out to the last action hero. <laughs> they made the mistake of releasing that movie the week after Jurassic Park. <laughs> ah, that explains it. Yep. Well, a lot. There's a lot that goes into explaining it. Mike, what were you saying? And it was a week before uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I just, I just didn't much like it. I, I didn't. There, there were good parts about it, but for the most of it, it's, it's just it. 
don't know. It, it tried too hard, to, and it just did not work out for me. Yeah. Oh, we. I think you and I talked about that like two years ago in our yeah. review of it. Yeah. And I like for me, it was like I can I can appreciate the satire now. Watching it, and this is the era when everybody, you know, Steven Seagal was still putting out movies that were being released to cinema at this point. So everybody, it was just like, I I don't know if it was too on the nose or not on the nose enough for me at the time. I can appreciate it. It's a fun, it is quite literally a popcorn movie. But yeah, it's just, I think for the time, I, I didn't dig it. At the time, Joe, you have been noticeably absent in this, and I know well, no, you've I, watched you know what? your share. I, I, watched, no, of... I only watched it once. I watched it once, but in uh-huh. the context, because you know, by the time it came out, '80s action movies have already been so played out, and like you said, you know, Steven Seagal was still putting out cinematic dreck, but it was being <laughs> taken. It was you know, it was being taken seriously. And it was on its face. You could, you knew this was a satire. I mean, if you didn't know this was a satire, you you were thick in the head. So it <laughs> it, it it. But yeah, again, it, it maybe if it had it came out maybe a couple of years later. You know, maybe it wasn't enough. The eighties weren't in the rearview mirror enough that people weren't really sure what to make of it. Yeah. You know. I mean, I yeah, agree. I, like I, said, I, I only watched it that. once. I think it kind of came out at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it came yeah. out, maybe like a, if it was a, like a movie that came out at the turn of the century, you know, like around 2000, oh, maybe it would have to be before 9-11, but, you know, something around 99, 2000, when yeah. the 80s were, were looked at as kind of a joke, you know, 80s movies and stuff were looked at as kind of a joke, then I think it would have been fit perfectly then. Yeah, it was ahead of its time for making fun of the eighties. I and Charles, yeah, I agree. Charles Dance I, is fantastic, and because he's fantastic in everything he does. Oh, so good. Yeah, so good. He is. Oh, yeah. He is quite. He is quite I good mean, at this. You know, like, um, sorry, yeah. get him. Go ahead. And, and the thing is, is I think Schwarzenegger kind of um, gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes for his comedy. Um, you know, it's like for every twins, there's a junior, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And it's like, I feel like sometimes people kind of underestimate Schwarzenegger for his comedy. But I really do think like he's having a great time making. Oh, yeah. He's like sending himself up. He he knows like (sighs) Schwarzenegger knows what he's doing. And I think I think he's terrific in that movie. Because he can get yourself a guy who can do both. He can do the action star and he can do the comedy. And people don't think he's a funny guy, but I think he's a really funny, smart guy. And yeah, I think, I think he's. Funny. I mean, okay, like, he's, Conan the Destroyer is varied, but <laughs> right, no, he he he's he understands. He knows <laughs> he knows what pay you know he knows where he gets his paycheck from, but he also understands. He's he's if you've ever watched him like do like his um his his little shorts and stuff on like Instagram or Twitter, stuff like that. He's very self-deprecating. You know, mm-hmm. he know he knows how people yeah. think of him and look at it and he plays into it and he has fun with it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that my, um, my coworker and I talk about a lot is that, uh, Schwarzenegger is a better action star and a better comedy star than, um, than, uh, Stallone. 
Oh, by oh, miles. God, yeah. Stallone's comedies fall much flatter than Schwarzenegger's do, but we both think Stallone is a much better actor. Yeah. In it's, terms of drama, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I, I could one, see one it, One of the but... two has been nominated twice for Academy Awards, and it's not Schwarzenegger. That, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I feel like it's almost... it's Realistically, too, by the time... Stallone started like going back into the Rambo franchise. Schwarzenegger was out of that. He was he's doing like these high, you know, high concept sci-fi action movies. And they they really were kind of working worlds apart from each other. So seeing them kind of get clumped together, in a lot of ways, I feel is just kind of disingenuous. Oh, okay. if you're, if you're they, they gonna were, sustain the discourse here. They they were absolutely going for the same roles back in the eighties though. And, and, yeah. Oh, in but, fact, um, <laughs> the reason why Stallone did stop her, my mom will shoot, was because Schwarzenegger put out the rumor that he was looking at the script when he wasn't, and so <laughs> Stallone jumped on it, and Schwarzenegger was just laughing his ass off. Oh, I'm yeah. sure he was. <laughs> I can't believe you took that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> I guess Stallone had a has a uh, documentary out. And they actually referenced that. And Schwarzenegger actually was interviewed for it. He's saying, yeah, I never intended to do that, but I said that I was just so he would take it. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on then. And we've got more more Twitter feedback here from uh, Mike, your gal, Jana at MistyJade73, who first off brings up the Sandlot. They got the talk. You in the toilet you play ball like a girl they got the walk wendy peppercorn <laughs> but even winners know when to run well, how'd we get the ball back it's history Ooh, a big daggy the sandlot flies open strike for you anybody oh. here actually seen the sandlot oh, i've seen, I've seen, I've seen I, it a couple times i love I, that movie I own this on DVD. I watch it fairly regularly. I think I've seen it like I love this once movie. or twice. Andy, Andy, I know you and I agree that Bull Durham is probably arguably the, the best baseball movie the in the world. The greatest baseball the greatest movie ever ba- made. Field of Dreams. This, well, this, if maybe top two or three, The Sandlot. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Oh my goodness. My what are God. you doing? A lot of it, you know what, honestly, Everybody a lot of it has up. to do where I was in my life in 1993 and whether or not that's something I just wanted to pick up. I mean, I, I know that you're killing me smalls line. I know that <laughs> I know James Earl Jones in it. I know there's a giant dog in it. That's all I know. There's a big floofy dog in it. It's just, I love the, I love the, the slight surreality exaggeration to, to reflect the kid's imagination. It's very Muppet babies yeah. in that way. And it's it's so good and it just captures you know it's it's one of those cap captures uh childhood a lot you know like yeah. like stand by me and other things like that um benny is the kind of person many of us want to be he's so generous and supportive while also being good at what he does he's just great right he's like he, benny's just like the perfect kid you know and yeah he he's, he's like the type of kid that Everybody wants to be friends with him. You know, all the women love him and all the men want to be friends with him. Yeah. And 
but he but it he doesn't let it get to his to his head. He's like he's still a good kid. He he helps out his friends. He's you know he's always willing to play a game with them. It, it's it's a great reflection of the the it's the idea the American ideal that we all know doesn't exist. Yeah. And you've got that great line of heroes get remembered, but legends never die. <laughs> em, have you seen this one? No, and I've just had to Google it because <laughs> I wasn't sure what it was. It's, but the thing is, right, you've got to understand that here in the UK, baseball is not a thing. Baseball doesn't so exist in the UK, I'm aware. like this don't really kind of cause much of a cultural impact. It's the same with like, you know, American football movies, mm-hmm. basketball movies, based, unless they're like really big movies, like with a big star attached or something like, like Space Jam. Right. Obviously, everyone in the UK knows what Space Jam is. Uh, a League of Their Own. Obviously, everyone knows what A League of Their Own is. And it, I'm sorry, right. that is the greatest baseball movie. That just full stop. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, top I, three. I've never even... Never even heard of this one. Well, the thing is, I, about... I assume because it's a baseball movie, and we just yeah. Well, the th- the thing about it is, e- even though baseball is kind of the the main anchor of the of the movie, it is, I mean, it is the main anchor. It's the thing that the all the boys and girl kind of anchor themselves to. It's really about a ch- your childhood and be- just being a kid. And all the stupid things you try to get away with and do when you're a kid with your friends. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, like it's kind of, it's kind of, right. It's kind of universal in that sense. It just happens that baseball is the thing that they all kind of gravitate to. And really, the baseball is, is kind of second. Disney movie? It, the, yeah. I think it is. I think Disney So it'll be on Disney under. Plus then? Should be. Okay. Yes. It, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I I own it on disc, like I said, so I don't have to go okay. find it. I, I couldn't um I couldn't tell you only because I know like what you get and what we get is completely different. Mm. Yeah, that's but, true. All right. That is very true. All right, well, let's move on to another um movie that Jonna brings up here: Adam's Family Values. Nurse, how close are the contractions? Every fifteen seconds, Doctor. Are you in unbearable pain, my darling? Is it torture? We. <laughs> Forceps! Forceps! Ah! Ah! Gomez! What news? Father, what is it? It's an Adams. He has my father's eyes. Gomez, take those out of his mouth. He's an adorable little baby. Fine. Rub it in. Children, why do you hate the baby? We don't hate him. We just want to play with him. Especially his head. You'll meet someone, someone very special. Someone who won't press charges. Isn't he a lady killer? Acquitted. How is it possible to make a sequel that is heads and shoulders superior to an already good movie? I know, Easy, right? Raul Julia. <laughs> No, Christina and Angelica Ricci. Houston. Yep, Angelica Literally Houston. Literally, everything about those Adams Family movies is perfection. Everything. Yeah, and uh, this one is Adams Family. We Values recently went back and rewatched just... them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we we just went, recently went back and rewatched them because um, Autumn and Scarlet are doing the Adams Family musical right now, and it's it's really interesting, you know, because you know Autumn's trying to get ideas for Morticia, like the makeup and the overall just everything about Angelica Houston in this movie, and it's great. What I love about this movie. M and I think you you may have mentioned this on your podcast about it that the um, the lights they do that soft focus light on her eyes in every mm-hmm. scene that she's in every in, interior scene she's in yeah. she's she's especially yeah. lit for it. I think yeah. I, I always you know you know what I always saw that as. Just, oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I just I always saw it when when you talk about every time they shot Angela Hughes just. So her solo, I always saw that as being how uh, Gomez sees her. Yes, yeah. through mm. his eyes. Because the, one thing about the, Adam, the one thing about the Adams family is they are uh, uh, Gomez and Morticia are basically the perfect embody, embodiment of married love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And yeah, I always saw a couple goals. That's yeah. that's what everyone wants, right? And the, and the way the way that gauzy look that she had, I always thought because it's always on when it's a solo shot of her. It's not in the group shot or anything like that. It's always a solo shot, and when she's talking to Gomez, so I'm thinking, okay, we're looking, we're seeing her through Gomez's eyes, mm. and just, and to him, she's perfection. That's a really good point. I, I think one of the reasons why absolute values actually kind of defies expectations and is actually a little bit better than the first family, which again, still a great movie, is that after the first one came out, the studio realized, oh, we've got real stars in Raul Julia and um, and Angelica Houston. Their their chemistry is off the charts, but Christina Ricci was easily the standout of the first one, so they decided to really beef up her part, and it just worked out so well. Yeah, but they, they still, I, like, kept other characters, you know. Oh, yeah, didn't yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, they didn't throw everybody else out. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, about her. They, just they, enhanced, they made a, a full movie. Yeah, they, they, they just enhanced what worked really well in the first one, and they found a way to still include every character while giving Christine Ricci and Raul Julia and Angelica Houston just more to pop with i have to say too what makes this movie excellent is that supporting cast of when they go to camp and you've got peter mcnichol and christine horansky oh my god god fantastic and then joan cusack oh jeez and and mercedes what's her face who goes on to play harmony on buffy the vampire slayer yeah Oh, yeah, you were saying I, I heard well. love, love, love on there. Yeah, sorry. There's there's a huge delay, I think, because every time I talk, then, yeah. then one of you like responds like 10 seconds later. So I think there's just a huge delay on the line right now. Um, Perhaps. But we're just going yeah. to motor on and I'll just I'll just pipe up every so often. And then, yeah, eventually <laughs> you'll, you guys will hear what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. the internet this is like yeah. i need to wind up the internet over here in the uk like you know i need to put some batteries in it or something like that um <laughs> hi editing mike here there was about a three to five second delay 
between us and M, unfortunately. But the reason you're not hearing it is because I'm going through and editing it out. So hopefully it'll be less annoying for you than it was for us. Yeah, so Joan Cusack is like one of the most incredible villains that I think has ever been put to screen. Uh, Debbie is so deliciously unhinged and I love her so much. All I ever wanted was a ballerina Barbie in her pretty pink tutu. My birthday. I was 10. And you know what they got me? Malibu Barbie. Malibu Barbie. The nightmare. The nerve. That's not what I wanted. That's not who I was. I was a ballerina. Graceful. Delicate. They had to go. I... It's just everything about the Adams family, like both of the movies, because I love both of them. I'm such a huge fan of, of both of those movies. Um, but it's I find it really quite nice, actually, because. You know, we're, we're, society tells us that we need to be normal, you know, oh, you, you know, you have to conform to society's standards of how to look, how to dress, you know, who to hang out with, all yeah. of that sort of stuff. And here's something like the Adams family with this absolutely, you know, to the outside world, they're the weirdos, you know, they're the the weirdos, the strange ones. And yet they have like the most wonderfully healthy, loving, sexual marriage. You know, their children are happy and well adjusted. And yeah, they tried to kill each other. But, you know, it's it's fine because <laughs> kids do that. Um Honestly, the and the thing is, the production issues on the Adams Family as well, and to an extent, Adams Family Values. It's like these are movies that should not exist, and yet they do, and they are pretty damn perfect. Like Barry Sonnenfeld, he's he's never gonna. You're never gonna say that a director like Barry Sonnenfeld is going to be up there with like Scorsese or Spielberg or anything like that. No one's going to be talking praise about Barry Sonnenfeld well they should but I I I think the Adams Family movies are honestly I think they're wonderful and I've not seen the third one because I don't want to and I've not seen the animated ones because I don't want to because nothing is gonna match up and I and I'm an animation fan I still don't want to see those animated ones because they're garbage Julia Angelica Houston Christina Ricci yeah they're they're just not everything everything about these two both of these movies but especially adam's family values is perfection in my eyes there's Mm. i yeah i can't wait to sit with my niece and nephews and watch them because you know it's like value the weirdos (laughs) because the weirdos are the ones that are actually like living their best lives really yeah 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 you know also in the in the states, we get to watch it. You know, we can call it a, a Thanksgiving movie because of the the play at the end. That's true. Oh yeah, God. yeah, that's yeah. True. It, yeah, it, and that that scene is 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 pretty damn perfect as well. Just the whole. Oh yeah. I, I just love the disconnect, like that white privilege disconnect. That just it makes it it's the the awkwardness, the social awkwardnesses of that make just make the movie work. I love I I love values so much 
And oh, also, yeah. you know, I, I do have to shout out praise for uh, David Krumholtz's character. Oh, yes. He, he, he and Christina Ricci actually have some pretty good chemistry for just young kids. They do. They do. They do. And I'm yeah, very you... curious. What did Michael Jackson do to that boy? Oh, God. Uh, I don't want to know. Don't Why do you want to know? I don't know. I think we need to move on. Yeah. So uh, Jana also brings up Homeward Bound, mm-hmm. The Incredible Journey, which makes her cry. I, I think Anybody everyone, have... everyone cries at the end of that movie. I legitimately don't remember seeing this movie. I don't. I've, I've never watched it, so I can't say. I think I saw bits and pieces I, of it on television. I've seen it, but a long time ago. Okay, Mike. I, I, it was, it was a regular watch for me. Well, relatively regular when I was young. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I've seen, I've seen clips of it here and there. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, voice talents of uh, Michael J. Fox, Don Amici, and Sally Field as the uh, cat and two dogs. Um, yeah. The uh, the father of the family is played by Robert Hayes, so that's pretty cool. Oh, but, yeah, okay. It's just their um, just their adventure trying to get you know trying to find their family again. Who um, is just really really well done, and yeah, the the ending is very emotional um yeah it's but don't worry it's a happy emotional well yeah i just hope so because there was the second movie that came out yeah um yeah (laughs) and and the uh yeah don amici died after the first one so he didn't voice the main character i mean the the main older dog in the second one but i don't remember who did actually right but it was a fun movie hmm and uh, Johnny keeps us on the Disney train uh, with cool runnings. You zigging? You zagging? Oh, cool. <laughs> Always remember, your bones will not break in a bobsled. <laughs> no, no. They shatter. So, who wants in? We're looking for a sponsor for the first Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> Their dream was to compete in the Olympics. But they chose a sport they knew nothing about. Great. Very good. In a climate they had never been. Cold weather endurance is vital to building a successful sled team. This is the true story of four unlikely athletes. How about I beat your butt right now? How about I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt? Who weren't prepared for what they were about to face. Oh, I love I have never seen this movie. (laughs) Oh, no! This is an amazing movie. What? Does it it dramatize the uh, events of those Olympics? Yeah, obviously. But it's such (laughs) a great movie. It is a lot of fun. This Plus, you can't go wrong. You can't, can't go wrong with John Candy. Cool Runnings. I'm sorry, Em. Did you say you haven't seen Cool Runnings? No, she so you can't. She can't believe you haven't no, seen Cool Runnings. I, no, I. Yeah, I can't believe that you haven't seen Cool Runnings because I I thought that like Cool Runnings was the movie that everyone had seen because it's just so iconic and it's so funny. Yeah. I've it not is. seen it All in right. a long while, to be fair. But it's on Disney Plus, so maybe I'll have to watch it at some point. Now that I've been shamed into, uh... yeah, <laughs> yes, shame, shame. It is so fun. Ringing that shame bell. Oh, okay. 
Hang on. Uh, so I don't know. What, what, all right. So you guys obviously love Cool Runnings. Yes. It is. It is fun and goofy and a very loose interpretation of something that actually happened. But yeah, <laughs> yes, we're shaming you now. Like some of the some of the main the, the main events of it did actually happen. Yeah. Um, in the Olympics, but yeah, it, it's very much dramatized, but still so damn good. Okay, well, all right, fine. I'll I'll watch it at some juncture. I still gotta figure out when the hell I'm gonna watch the Marvels. So uh, I have to yeah. I have to and prioritize there. But what's that? And the Sandlot. And the Sandlot. Jesus, I've got so much to watch. Ugh. You have homework. When did this podcast become? Oh, oh yeah, it, 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 2008 is when this thing became homework. Okay, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, John brings up another one here, and M. It's your obligatory Keanu Reeves reference. Mm-hmm. This is the part of the show where dot, 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 Yay! dot, dot. Where we talk about uh, Much Ado About Nothing and yeah. how yes. hot everyone in that movie is. Denzel Washington, Keanu Reeves. I'm sure there are some other people in there as well, but who cares? Because <laughs> Denzel Washington and Keanu Sean Reeves. Patrick Leonard. Uh, yeah. This yeah, we watched yeah, this recently. Yeah, Denzel and Keanu. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have to say, for a PG thirteen movie, this movie fucks. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> like seriously. You know why we, we watched this? We watched this in preparation for my daughter. My daughter was in um, her high school production of Much to Do About Nothing. All three and a half hours of it. Oh boy. They didn't cut a line of dialogue, and they added a 20-minute music number. Ooh. Oh, man. Wow. Hard plastic folding seats on my, on, my, uh, on my delicate posterior. Man, that was a yeah. – it just goes to show how much I love my daughter because I, I went to see it twice. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she this is another one. She doesn't have a ride I... otherwise. <laughs> this is another one I own on disc because it's so good. And I like to watch it occasionally. Yeah. This is a this is a uh, Keanu Reeves Shakespeare movie that I don't mind watching because it's great. Hmm. It's not Keanu really Reeves. Kenneth Branagh. Good. And it's um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, I figured you were talking about Kenneth because you know Kenneth <laughs> loves his Shakespearean adaptations. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's I. Th- it, it's an incredibly faithful adaptation, I think, as well. I, I don't really, I, like, I didn't really study much ado about nothing all that much. I do. Um, but as far as I'm aware, it's, it's quite an, a faithful adaptation. And uh, Keanu's hot in it. Denzel's hot in it. I'm just like, and at the end, I'm just like Emma, Emma Thompson's character. And like she turns Denzel down, and I'm, I'm literally every single time I'm like screaming at the screen, going, "What are you doing? You're turning down Denzel Washington." Um, <laughs> but you know, she's she's got her priorities. I would Michael, not be turning that man down. <laughs> Just... No, Michael Michael Keaton not hot in this. He's fantastic he's in it, but he's not hot. hot. Though. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, no. It, or it's like no, everybody's he's, hot. He's it's like. Everybody's a smoke show. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale's in that too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. She she plays the uh, Sean Patrick Leonard's uh, love interest. Yeah, Mike, have you not seen this one? I have not. No. It, 
it is quite good. And you know, I like I'm I'm hit or miss on Branagh's uh, Shakespeare adaptations. Like Hen- Henry V is amazing. Um, Hamlet. I I know Catherine. You no. have seen Hamlet. <laughs> oh, oh, no. There is a great ugh. bit in a black. I think it was a Blackadder Millennium special. It was like right around two thousand where he invents a time machine and he travels like between all the other black adder like eras and he, he ends up in elizabethan england and he runs into uh william shakespeare who is played by colin firth and he punches him in the face and he goes and that's for the four-hour terminal v- version of ken Branagh's hamlet and william shakespeare <laughs> looks at him and goes who's ken Branagh?" i'm gonna tell him you said that he'll be very disappointed <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could find that online, but it's 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 very funny. But yes, I I, I knew M. I knew you were going to bring this one up because you know it's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. All right, let's finish up with our Twitter uh, feedback here. We only have two more here, and movies. I'm not sure if anyone really wants to park on or not. But we've got Shoot the Flick at Shoot the Flick, which brings up Bronx Tale. It's a story of two fathers battling over the soul of young Caligero. It's kind of a forgotten great mob movie. If I didn't know any better, I thought that Scorsese directed this. But this is De Niro's directorial debut. Has anyone seen this one besides me? No. Wow, that that is overwhelming silence. So I'm going to have to move on then to Capes on the Couch, who is at Capes on the Couch. And they bring up Dead Alive, directed by Peter Jackson, long before the Lord of the Rings saga. Contains one of the greatest lines in the history of cinema. I kick ass for the Lord. Yeah, I'm not big on zombie movies, so no. Okay. Has anyone seen this one? Joe? No. Catherine? M? I have, I have not um, heard of this one. I'm just one. having a look. Because I think it had a different name over here. It probably did. This is the one. I think it was called something it's else. It's like, this was the second movie. Ah, yeah, it's no, Brain it Dead. Brain Dead. Okay. Yeah, I knew there was one that yeah, had like. I've not seen it. Okay, um, I don't think I've seen it either. I've seen Bad Taste, um, and I've seen Meet the Feebles, but I haven't seen Brain Dead Dead yeah, Alive. I've, yeah, I haven't seen this. I've seen The Frighteners for a, a old Peter Jackson. Yeah, Undead. Yeah, that, movie, which is that fantastic. was my first Peter it. Jackson. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I saw that before. Ended an episode on that. <laughs> I did. Do you know what? I, I'm I'm always the person. I'm always like I did an episode on that. So I was like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep quiet. <laughs> I just let someone else say I've done an episode on that, but I have done an episode on that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we've got a flood of other movies. Thank you, everybody, by the way. And if you know, for for all oh, the feedback, oh, okay. folks, do them a favor. I see how this. Oh, is. I'm sorry. I forgot your social media feedback, but not mine. Okay, fine. I totally forgot, Catherine. I am so sorry. I'm like so wound up and stuff. So hit us. <laughs> what do you got? I apologize. Okay. I had a couple people who only just commented about a movie, like one movie. And I'm like, yes, the the collage I shared is not every movie that came out in 20, <laughs> in 1993. So, you know, people are like, Daisy I am face palming so hard right now. And true romance happened. And it's like, OK, yeah. yep. We talked about those. Uh, friend John Poulet was like, that's an amazing lineup. Several of those have been my all-time favorite movies at various points in time. Jurassic Park when it came <laughs> out. Demolition Man sometime later. Then Falling Down. Then Tombstone. 
Groundhog Day is a classic. Coneheads and Men in Tights were on TV all the time over the next few years, so it became cinematic comfort food for a socially awkward kid who stayed in a lot. Wow, I underestimate how good the 1993 lineup is. <laughs> and uh, uh, my mother-in-law, Marsha, said that there are quite a few good ones you have listed, from comedy to drama. I love Jurassic Park, Groundhog Day, and Mrs. Doubtfire. The Firm was spectacular. Schindler's List was inspiring, and Hocus Pocus was fun, too. And uh, Matt Brooks said that he's watched 13 of the, of the movies just in my collage in the last two weeks. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. So, Any others? That was my social media feedback. Not much, but right. I had some. Excellent. Well, let's, let's, let's kind of go through this list because we, we've parked on quite a few of these. But let's kind of like roll through the list here and let me know if this is something you want to you park on talking about for a second. The first one being Free Willy. Yeah, I did, I've never seen it. Sounds like a porno. <laughs> I don't know well, I why you... I didn't expect you to immediately bring that up, Em, but it makes all the sense in the world now. Thank you. It, it does. I seem to remember there was a movie theater, <laughs> a, a movie theater in Lemonster. The movie theater in Lemonster had a, um, you know, back when they had the the marquees that can only hold so many characters, and so they'd be shortening the uh, the movies titles. And yeah. Hard Target and Free Willy were there at the same time, so it was Target Willy. <laughs> and of course we were all like you, you, you could have gone with Hard Willy also, it also sounds like a porno <laughs> yeah exactly Target Willy, Hard Willy there we go okay well then um, Free Willy was kind of a big deal it, it, was. it was a bigger hit that I think people remember like, it, it being it felt like it was a big deal at the time it was yeah yeah it was because there wasn't a whole lot of family entertainment out there at that point it was like the, the end of 93 and there wasn't a whole lot of family entertainment out there which is kind of crazy to think about that this movie outgrossed uh, nightmare before christmas most movies on this list outgrossed nightmare before christmas which is bizarre so i saw this moving, one yeah and um yeah it's it was fine but it's forgettable i mean when the very last like when the big climax of the movie is ruined in the movie poster and the movie trailer why are you bothering? Yeah. Like, That's ah, true. I it's, it's, also, it's also in the name of the movie as well. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you've got a character called Willy and you're going to free him. Like, yep. It's like, okay, you've given away the plot now. So. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to free him by having him jump over a big old pile of rocks. Why? Yeah, maybe. Yes. Well, okay, yes, that was in the trailer. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. That, that, yeah. The main movie poster is that shot. Yep. And on all the video clam boxes as well. Yeah. So Ugh. why are you bothering to watch the movie when you know exactly what's going to happen? And apparently, I mean, that the, it's, it's just a dumb killer whale because he got caught again because there was a free willy too. And three. And oh, God damn it. Well, right. Well, I mean, the, the the most memorable thing about that movie is that that one scene has been parodied <laughs> so goddamn much, <laughs> with variations been... of the whale falling on the kid. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's it's been parodied like crazy. All right. I think we need to move on then to a movie that is totally in the same vein as Free Willy, which is Philadelphia. Um, oh boy. <laughs> 
Steve Day writes, turns out Philadelphia is not based on a true story, which kind of destroys the entire premise because a massive corporate law firm would definitely already know a jury would side against them. Has anybody seen I, – I, I watched this movie when it first came out. Has yeah, I've watched this it? I've seen ages it. ago. It's, I've been yeah, thinking I mean, about I, rewatching it. It just ran out of time. It's, 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 not, it's, not an easy, it's not an easy watch. No. <laughs> no. You don't watch this movie for kicks. No. It's 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 a weird movie too because it's I, I you know it's very progressive for the time, mm-hmm. but it's what's weird about it is Tom Hanks. I mean, I think this might be Tom Hanks's best performance ever. Just hands down, might be the best thing he's ever done. But everybody surrounding him, especially, and I feel bad saying this, Jason Robards, is like if he had a mustache, he would be twirling it. It's like the law firm are so two dimensionally homophobic well, that it's like they really don't want to. That was what well, it was, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean that's what the thing is, Andy. Yeah, the culture that was the that was our culture. That was the culture we grew up back right in back then. You know, I mean, right. It 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 it, it really yeah. It, it, we look at it back now, we, you know, with the with the benefit of thirty years hindsight, and it looks yeah. comedic and villainous, and it's like, oh yeah. But we kind of gloss over the fact that when we were living it, that was the reality. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, yeah, we were idiots back then. <laughs> yes. Yes, we were. Am, Mike, any thoughts on Philadelphia? Have either of you seen this one? Never saw it. Okay. Nope, never seen it. Okay. Like said, well, let's not, move not on to one I know. Not an easy watch. Yeah. No, Which it is, is not an easy watch, it. but... Again, I will, I will, I will, I will put you know hand a Bible here that this is Tom Hanks's best performance ever. That scene when he's describing the opera is so intense, and it's just it's an amazing, it's an amazing scene. And um, his Oscar win actually inspired the movie Inside Out, huh. which we'll talk about when we get to 1997. But moving wait, on wait, on wait. this list, wait, what's that? Inside Out. Oh um, yeah, in and in, in, in and out. In and out. In, in, in and out. Oh. Sorry. God. How does Pixar have a connection to this? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. And I'm just, you know, it's th- it's three in the afternoon here in the U.S. And I'm just like, why am I so tired? So let's let's move on here to a movie that I know all five of us have seen, Groundhog Day. So let's let's move on here to a movie that I know. All five of us have seen Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day! Groundhog time. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Phil? Mad! Man, Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bing! But Phil's about to find out. He's not just stuck in Puxatawney. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck... In Groundhog Day. I'm reliving the same day over and over. Phil? Ned Ryerson? Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. I <laughs> have never seen this before doing homework for this podcast. Really? Really? I had never seen it. 
This is a comedy I have, classic with a K. Easily yeah, but, Bill Murray's best movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was great. I just had never seen it, never been super motivated, and then everybody's like, You have to watch it, you have to watch it. And then I ran a groundhog day like adventure in D D. And so it was like, okay. And then it became homework it. for this. And I was like, it is time. I've now seen it. Nice. I saw it, I saw it a few weeks ago. Yep. And what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, it's to me, it's kind of one of the quintessential time loop movies, isn't it? It's like the movie that everyone goes to when you talk about time loop movies. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it also feels very quintessentially American as well with the, you know, the setting and everything like that. Like, it just feels like a very, I know, obviously, most movies are American. I know that sounds weird, but because they're all made in America, pretty much. But it feels very American, you know, like, it, yeah, I, I can't really explain it. I'm not explaining it very well. But um yeah, I the only thing I would say is I do love the movie. Like it's hilariously funny. I've not seen it in a while. I don't know how well it holds up in a sense of the fact that he is like in a constant time loop and he's obviously trying to his his relationship with Andy McDowell. I don't know how mm-hmm. that holds up with a modern lens. Um I suspect probably not well. But like I say, I've not seen the movie in a while. So, but I do remember finding it absolutely hilarious. Uh, I think yeah. it is one of Bill Murray's best movies. Um, I, but you know, it's like Ghostbusters is one of Bill Murray's best movies, but doesn't particularly hold up very well for the character of Peter Venkman. So, I'm no, just like not okay, one bit. Maybe with a modern lens, like his his movies just don't hold up for me. Um, mm. But. I don't, yeah, I don't know if anyone can kind of talk on on how they felt about does it hold up to a modern lens, but I, 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 I don't watched it I about can. two years ago, and I think this has held up extremely well. You know, you had mentioned yeah. the whole the whole thing with his relationship with Andy McDowell, and it's it's inter it, it's interesting because I don't feel like it ever it over it oversteps a certain boundary at any point, um, only I mean, because there's that opportunity for him to get to know her like at the beginning of like well at the beginning of their relationship and the begin the start of like his pursuit of her that's it, it does step over a few lines but that's kind of like the point of it to just show right, right. like where he starts and then show his personal emotional growth to see exactly what, yeah and it, yeah i mean okay. for I, I i i really think that it just his growth in this movie is by far better than anything I've ever seen him in. Yeah. It's, it really is. And the beauty is too, is that something like this, I don't believe it ever been done prior. Like that concept is so wild and original that that's why this movie holds up. And it kills me. This movie didn't end up in the top 10 because Mm. people are, I mean, when we go, when we talk about the top 10 in episode two of this, we're going to be talking about movies that we forgot existed. But to us here, February 2nd is the day everything repeats because it's Groundhog Day. I also love that they, they never give a reason for it. Yeah, me yeah. too. It just happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, apparently, so. uh, according to the writer, uh, he goes through like a million years. <laughs> he has, it's it's something incredible. Is, it, yeah, his character is it's such like an asshole. It takes him a million like years, 
million years to learn to be a better person. <laughs> yeah. I've also like I don't I've never like looked into this, but I've heard that the amount of like re if you actually take every single bit of all of the times he's re, he's redone it, it actually comes out to about six weeks, which is six more weeks of winter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the oh, that's, really funny. that's what that's what they that's what they measure out. But that's only what they show you because there's also a lot of uh, yeah uh, montages. So it's right. So let's let's look at some other movies here. So anybody got anything to say about Grumpy Old Men? Because I kind of feel like it's a forgotten that's a piece forget, of the nineties. Yeah. It was it was good when it came out and it was funny, but yeah, it's forgettable. <laughs> it was just it was just it was, it was just good to see um, Walter Matthau and, and Lemon together uh, again. And Lemon again yeah. for you know for kind of a last hurrah yeah. or the 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 first of the last hurrahs because Grumpy <laughs> I was going to say they did out. like five movies together after this one, yeah, including a second Odd Couple, which I don't get, but yeah, they will. Let's move on. Dave. Any, anybody besides me seen and love Dave? I love I Dave. I love Dave. M, Joe? Yeah, I didn't see it. Oh, M? Is that, is that the one with where he's the president? Yes. Yeah, Kevin Klein. He, is, he's, he looks just like the president, so he has to stand in for the president. Oh, the president oh. has an affair. Yeah, and then the president... I've heard about it, but I've, I've not seen it. Oh, it's... It's so sweet and charming. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's I a mean, cute little rom com like, with with yeah. Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver. Mm. It's adorable. I once caught a really? fish this big. Oh, he's got the big robot hands doing that. Yes, I love that. <laughs> but it's 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 just so it's such a great. I mean, it's a good feel good movie, and I'm not a huge feel good movie fan. But oh my god, just, just if you're feeling down. Try to find this movie. There's a great bit in it too with um, Ving Rhames. This is one of the first things I ever saw Ving oh, Rhames yeah. in. Yeah, Ving Rhames is so Where good. He's, yeah, he's playing yeah, he's his, his uh, secret surgeon, uh, his secret service agent, like the guy who's assigned to be his body man. And you know he doesn't. Re- he knows what's going on. He knows that while well, they try to keep the whole uh, ruse under wraps, he knows. And he's just like, he has no respect for Dave. He doesn't feel like, you know, it's it's beneath him to have to protect him. And then at the end, when he's like, I would have taken a bullet for you. I am just like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. definitely, you got to watch it. Yeah. Um, Kip, you got to watch Klein, it. Kevin Klein is just so amazing in this movie. Oh, this point yeah. in the 80s, in the 90s, rather, I loved what Kevin Klein was bringing to the table. Yeah. Yeah, he did some did some great stuff. And now now when I think of the song Tomorrow, I hear Sigourney Weaver squeaking it. Tomorrow. tomorrow I love you tomorrow. It's only a day. Oh, wait, but bum 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 tomorrow. Tomorrow we love you. Tomorrow you're only a day. Away. I'm writing these down. I hope you're writing these down because it is such a sweet movie. Yeah, you, um, you guys both. You guys both have a lot of homework to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about Demolition Man? He's a cop from the '90s. 
who just woke up in the 21st century. I've been dreaming about killing you for 40 years. She's his new partner. What I wouldn't do for some action. With all the right moves. I'm impressed. And all the wrong phrases. You take this job, you can shovel it. Close enough. Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes. Demolition Man. You're I'm talking about Stallone. Okay, okay. So I've got a question. I got, I got yeah. a question for everyone who's watched Demolition Man. Yeah. How do you use the three seashells? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's it's been so long <laughs> since I've watched this movie. How? I, I don't I, understand because it's it's a it's a question of consistency, really. Um, there's a <laughs> yeah, lot about. Right? Seriously, I mean, we've all had those days, right? Um, oh yeah. I just this is one of those movies that is such an oddity that I enjoy the movie, but I can see it for exactly what it is, which is just a dumb futuristic action movie where Wesley Snipes gets to spout Wesley Snipesisms and be racist in one part, like wicked, wicked racist in one part of this movie. Yeah, he's yeah, he's doing a he's a Joker homage ripoff, but it's such an excellent villain character. But the whole thing yeah. is like a weird yeah, action-ish take on the time machine. What I enjoy about this movie is I love, you know, while Stallone is the fish out of water in this movie, everybody else is so wide-eyed and optimistic throughout everything. Rob Schneider, back when he was funny and a decent human being, um, you know, Ben Bratt, uh, Sandra Bullock, they're all just wide-eyed, fun. There, it's just it's a fun movie to watch them have to explain happily their society. <laughs> it's great. Yes. Yeah. What are the oh, thoughts we have about man. this movie, uh, everybody? Oh, it- <laughs> I don't know. It's like I, I, it's been so long since I've watched it. I really can't. I mean, I enjoyed it when it came out, but I could also see it for what it was as soon as it came out. Oh yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it it it, it it's earned its cult status. That's a very good way of putting it, Joe. It's earned its cult status. I yeah. mean, it's honestly, it's, it's probably the best thing uh, Stallone put out in the 90s. And we're getting to one of the ones that actually was more successful, but we're doing that in the, the second part. But yeah, it's, it was it was fun. You can kind of understand how Taco Bell could survive the fast food wars because it was the most likely to go to vegetarian options uh, for the Eloy, <laughs> you know, in the, in the day before Beyond Burgers. But yeah, and it's just... Oh. Yeah, it's it's it is good fun, and it's available for streaming on Max here in the states. Nice, nice. Mike, any thoughts about this one? Have you seen this one? Um, I've seen lots of bits and pieces of it. I've just never watched yeah. the whole thing through, and I'm I'm, I'm not, eh, never really felt the need to. Okay, fair enough. I, and Em, you asked the question about the seashells, but what are your thoughts on this movie? I mean, I I really enjoy it. I think that I completely agree. You know, I think that the whole Stallone being the fish out of water and I especially love Sandra Bullock because I think this was like her first big role as well. Um, People think it was Speed, but Speed obviously came out the following year because, you know, Keanu. Um, Mm -hmm. But she's really great in this movie. Like, I feel like this is like Sandra Bullock, the movie star, like the cusp of Sandra Bullock, the right. movie star. And Wesley yeah. Snipes is a lot of fun. And yeah, I feel like the three seashells thing is just like, 
it's just one of those questions that like permeates in pop culture like everyone just wants to know like what is it with the three seashells and I don't think they've ever answered what you do (laughs) when you go to the toilet with the three seashells but yeah it's like it's the last line of the movie it makes sense because this is a futuristic society clearly there would be like a paper shortage in the future and that the idea that you you don't have actual sex with each other because it's inhygienic and gross you actually have like virtual sex uh and you know that's that's that's, that's just the orgasmatron from the stuff nowadays so <laughs> yeah it's it's the yeah. or, it's the orgasmatron from uh uh that woody allen movie yeah which name i can't remember the name of that one sleeper? Uh, i think it's called yeah sleeper but yeah, and, and you know, it, it did predict the the toilet paper shortage that we had in 2020. Um, yeah. You know, because apparently and, bidets and are not with, a thing. <laughs> and they went with seashells and not bidets. Yeah, seriously, we we installed the bidet. <laughs> oh yeah, we've had one for a few years now. Love it. I can't I can't live without it. I really truly can't. No. But anyway, I think we need to move on here as we are running long on on part one here, and I still want to get to part two. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got oh man, all right. Here's another one, Tombstone from Hollywood Pictures. I want your blood. The Clanton gang figured they owned the town, but they never figured on Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. Maybe you better swear me in. Together, they brought justice to the West. You tell them I'm coming! And hell's coming with me! Tombstone. Love it. Own it. Love it. On it. Love it. Great movie. Better than Best uh, Western better than of the 90s? Better, better than the Kevin Costner one. Oh, absolutely. It's oh, so gosh. fantastic. Quiet Way Herb. better than... So much better than Wyatt Earp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. M. Mike, have either of you seen Tombstone? Nope. And easily, easily Val. Uh, it it. Don't go ahead, Em. So I was just going to say it's it's on my to watch list. Um, ah. It's been on my to watch list for a long time because everyone always says about how fantastic Tombstone is. Um. So yeah, it's on my list, but I've not got round to it yet. Val Kilmer's probably Val Kilmer's best role. Absolutely. I, so. I will not argue. I you know what? I'll even do you one better. I think it's Kurt Russell's best role. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt Russell's fantastic. And such such a powerful, like, you know, the, the main it, cast is fantastic. The uh, supporting Sam Elliott. Cast, yep, Sam Elliott. Uh Bill Bill Paxton. Yep. Dana Delaney. Yeah, and but, then like the supporting I mean, you got the supporting cast of Thomas Hayden Church, Powers Booth, Billy Bob Thornton, and it was Jason Priestley during 90210. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's, Billy Zane. Yeah, but it's it's I think the the story is driven so much by Val Kilmer's Doc, his, the relationship between Doc, uh, Val Kilmer's Doc Holiday and Kurt Russell's Wyatt yeah. Earp. It's 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 oh, almost yeah. like the it's almost like the perfect encapsulation of a, of a heterosexual male friendship. Yeah, and it's. I think Val Kilmer is just to a T perfect in this because of the genteelness of his character and the fact that even though he is dying, he's still able to stay upright. He's still like, you know, just leaving little dabs with his handkerchief as he's, you know, wiping the blood away from his mouth because, you know, he's got tuberculosis. 
Um, and still the deadliest gunman in the West. Yep. I have two you know guns, the funniest one for each of you. <laughs> I was Frederick only joking. Chopin. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> you know the funny thing about this movie is is that my favorite part of the movie isn't even part of the movie, but we were at an amusement park. I think it might have been Six Flags, right around the time this movie hit home video. And you know how they have like that photo thing where you can like dress up as Western yeah. people and get the the old timey picture taken. Well, Jim has got the hat on, he's got the duster on, he's got the rifle on the he just like shouts out of nowhere, You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. <laughs> and we yes. all we had just watched Tombstone the night before, and that is my favorite movie a memory of the movie Tombstone. <laughs> Oh man, it is it is it is a must watch. It's one of those movies too. I feel like people like won't shut the fuck up about certain movies, and this is one that I think has earned that distinction. Where yeah. it's still a good movie because you know people haven't ruined it for you because they just talk so much about it. No, def- yeah, really- definitely. No, it's it's so good. Oh, I forgot Michael Bean in my list of the supporting cast, of course. Tuckleberry. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you got half the Marines from Aliens in this movie, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's let's move on now to a movie. Ugh, Three Musketeers. All right, moving on. Oh, come on. It's cute. Movie. It's cute. Oliver Platt, there was one time, like, we watched this a couple times in college, and there was one time that we just fast-forwarded, watched Oliver Platt, fast-forwarded, watched Oliver Platt. Whatever happened He's really the only one who got the assignment, isn't he? Yeah. Mike, you were saying you love this movie. Yes, I do. Okay. It's great. Let me ask you a question, Mike. Because very little to do with the it, book, but it's great. <laughs> it bears the comparison because this, I think this was made as a response to Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves, which is the better movie. Uh, well, this is the, by far the better movie. Okay, fair. M? Uh, I've not seen it, but a nice obligatory Keanu reference here because <sighs> the director, Stephen Herrick, is the same guy who directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So oh my God, that's right. my contribution. Woohoo! <laughs> well, you just made Mike's day. <laughs> no, no, I've not seen this. I've not seen this. There's, There's been quite a few different adaptations of The Three Musketeers over the years, and I've not seen any of them. So... Uh, yeah, it's not really my thing. This one was made by Disney, uh, started uh, Tim Curry as Colonel Richelieu. Um, yeah, had pretty much the young guns as the three stu- as the three amigos or three musketeers. The three musketeers. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, I think by this time I'd gotten, yeah, I think by this time I'd gotten Charlie Sheen fatigue, so oh, okay. Well, there's another movie on this list we have to talk about that it that. That, that kind of alleviates that, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just one of these movies that, it you know, over the over the last, like, 30 years of, of Three Musketeers remakes, this is probably the best one, but it the wigs in this movie kill me. The wigs are just <laughs> dreadful in this movie. Everybody's wig looks terrible. <laughs> I, I think the only, like, really the only member of this cast that I wasn't too crazy about was uh, Chris O'Donnell. 
as D'Artagnan. Man, that happens a lot with him, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, this movie would have been fine if it weren't for Chris O'Donnell. Batman Forever would have been great, except for Chris O'Donnell. No, no, Batman Yo, Forever. No, 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 no. No, there was no saving that movie, but he didn't help. Yeah. But, but, hey, yeah. I'm trying to be nice. Again, he Oliver he, Platt. He didn't, he didn't, act, yeah, he didn't actively Curry. hurt it, but. And, Oliver Platt yeah. and Tim Curry, it's amazing that there was any set left because they chewed all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and Rebecca yeah. DeMornay was ridiculously hot in this one, but. I think she's ridiculously high in a lot of things. Yeah, that's that's not too hard for her. Anybody in a in a French corset from that era is going to be hot. Yeah, exactly. So let's 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 talk about the movie which is the cure for the Charlie Sheen fatigue, which is Hot Shots. But you, yet another sequel that's actually better than the first. And the first one, I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, yeah, first one's still great. I agree with you, Mike. I, I hardly agree with you. M, I know, which, I can't remember. Which one of these did you like better? See, it's really difficult for me because <laughs> whenever I do like a double episode, there's always a reason why I do a double episode. And that's usually because like, I love both of the movies like pretty equally. Um, and I I just, I have such a fondness for both Hot Shots movies. I feel like maybe part dirt is the one that I've seen more maybe than the other one, but it's just, I feel like they were, they knew what they were doing after they did hot shots. And they were just like, yeah, let's just do more of this because this is what people want to see. And yeah. it's, I just think it's, I, I think those movies are so much fun. And it was back when like parody movies could actually be parody movies, but it was also kind of, pretty much the end of parody movies as well um you know it take away like scary movie and all of those that kind of came after in like uh, 2000 onwards and then parody yeah. movies have just kind of become crap now yeah um, but these were like the last some of the last great parody movies um, well this is you know i mean this and this, they, this they, is still, the they still hold up you know mm. well these, these this is the like the end of the great abraham's brothers like yeah run yeah before they yes. before one of them completely lost his mind um <laughs> i mean yeah like like em said there were there were some great parody movies like you know of course airplanes naked gun series and stuff like that and this kind of marked the end of it yeah it i did. mean other, other than like the, the peak again in like scary movie and to a much lesser extent scary movie too but after that, <laughs> they just went absolutely downhill. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, to go along with what, what M said, um, hot sh- the first Hot Shots is hilariously funny. But oddly enough, for as far as like these like parody movies go, this is one of the few that like it actually kind of slightly improves upon what the first one did. Mike, the thing that that puts this movie over the edge from the first one to me. Is the riverboat scene <laughs> when you're getting that crossover of Charlie Sheen and he crosses over and sees Martin Sheen doing his monologue from Apocalypse Now? They both stand up, stare, point to the go. I loved you in Wall Street. I was first of all the only person in the theater who got the joke, so yep. I am laughing my ass <laughs> off watching that that scene. Then and there alone, and also uh, Miguel Ferrer's line of war, 
it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will put that to this day. That pushes that over the edge for me. For, for me, it's when he's uh, just shooting in that village. It's just uh, like a, you know, bloodier than Rambo, bloodier than Robocop, the bloodiest movie ever. <laughs> it's a it's a great movie it is i like yeah uh, i like the line um specifically where um oh the character name's gone out of my head now um what's the character what's what what's the love interest name i can't it's it's gone oh. out of my head um yeah yeah i just just call her valeria galena yeah i can't remember but yeah valeria yeah i'll just i'll just call her valeria um where he's like, I think he says something like, like, what are you doing? And she was like, it's the sequel. I had to come back. <laughs> it's just like, it's so self-aware, you know? And yeah. I, I, I love it. And it's like, movies just don't do that nowadays. Like, movies can be self-aware and they can be meta and all of that stuff. But they don't, like, do jokes yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I... I, I You're think a, a long way. And again, on Disney Plus. So literally anyone can watch it. In the UK, it's on Disney Plus. It's not on Disney Plus here. Yeah. Oh. Well, I know. It's rubbish. bullshit. I know. I anyway, know. You, UK but anyway, I was just saying, it, it's a, we're <laughs> a long way from being able to recapture that era of parody. There, we're just there's no way we can recapture that after a decade of scary movies and epic movies and you know all that other stuff we are we have stepped so far behind the line that we it's going to take us forever to get back to that and you know hey we get to live through it so i'm happy about that let's move on oh boy i kind of feel like we need to to, to talk about this one uh, for at least a minute or two i don't know who else besides myself and joe have seen this movie but falling down yep Ow! sorry i fell down ah, i got what you did there Catherine. Uh, um have either of you seen falling down not yet but i think i'm going to nope. oh god be, be be aware it is oh, a white male rage movie I'm I'm aware of the concept. I saw this. I, I saw it on video when it came out. But when it came out in the theater, one of the guys I went to college with was just like this, you know, kind of like loner, always angry ska dude. And he was just like, I saw falling down last night. Oh, man, I am so angry. I'm like, you're always angry, man. <laughs> you're not the Hulk. It's just, I just like, and I watched it. And I'm like. There is at no point that Michael Douglas isn't the villain in this movie, but why are we, why are we, so, we putting him on this pedestal? Like this is what happens when you push a man too far. Yeah, I know. Inflation's a bitch, ain't it? <laughs> it's like it's just it's there's, there's, it's there's a lot of that, and I see the echoes of that today with you know you can only push a guy so far yeah i'm so sorry that you actually have to treat people like people mm. right exactly yeah, yeah it's it's one of those it, it's the you got the wrong lesson out of this that's that's why defense shows up on that poster of all like if you're emulate if you, if you find these guys to be the heroes you're doing it wrong right yeah M, and this, have you seen falling down this is this. uh i i have not 
and I have literally zero interest because I've heard stuff about it and I'm a little bit like oh you know it's another poor cishet white guy yeah with troubles yeah. like yeah I, I I don't relate to that so mediocre white male needs to be taken I, seriously I just feel like, yeah it's like oh, oh there's another movie about a mediocre white man like um, that does not appeal to me and I'm sure Michael Douglas is great because you know he's been he's done a lot of great roles um yeah. But uh, no, I have zero interest. I will probably never see this movie. I'm sorry, okay. but I just won't. I well, think this movie, came on, up, this, yeah. this movie came up on, recently on the framed uh, uh, movie guessing game that I play with some of my coworkers. And I, my, one of them sent, shared like the, the scene where he's ordering at the fast food restaurant. Yeah. And, and the whole big disaster that that was. And it's like, oh, yeah. Maybe I don't need to watch the whole movie. <laughs> now that yeah. I'm remembering, I have seen I have seen a good five or ten minutes of it. I think I'm good. Yeah, it's really just scenes of that. But before we move on, I just want everyone to make sure that you are sitting down because Joel Schumacher directed this movie. Oh, boy. Batman Forever, really? Batman and Robin, Joel Schumacher directed this movie. Good Lord. Yeah. This Keep in mind, he also came at all. Most of the 90s directing Grisham movies, too, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, let's try to like do do rapid fire here, only because I, I see that we're running close to two hours on um on part one. So I'd like to get to part two at some point before M like completely falls asleep with the you know, what with the, the time zone and everything <laughs> like that. So let's go rapid fire on some of these. Uh the first one is hocus pocus. Hallow's Eve has become a night of frolic. Oh. Where children wear costumes and run amok. Amok! 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 Oh, really? Just one child. I've never seen it. Another movie. Oh, can I just say sisters? Go for <laughs> it. You just said it. Sisters? Another glorious. Another glorious morning. It makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> This I movie was reintroduced to me by every gay theater person I know. Because they're all like, you've <laughs> never seen it? I'm like, no, I haven't. Well, you have to. So I did. I'm like, okay, well, I've, I've done that now. Yep. I, I had not seen it again. This was another one. I only just watched it this week. Because like, I'd seen the... We, we tried watching the first half hour, and we're like, ugh, this is... I don't get it. And we put yeah. it down, and I was like, I'm going to finish it. And I put it back on and it was like, okay, 30 minutes in was the wrong point at which to quit. Cause after that, it really picks up and was fun. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's, it's one of those movies that's turned. It, it turned like its Hocus Pocus status. lives or dies on nostalgia. It does. It yeah. has to, because you know, when this movie was um, released. Yeah. July. Summer. July. July. 16th. July. Yeah. No. And of course, it's practical, practical effects hold up. Yeah, well, that also bodes well for um, the Disney's Haunted Mansion, which was also released in the summer instead of at Halloween. Makes no sense to me, but here we are. All right. Where did are... movie air it when you're going to take the kids to the theaters because they're yeah. not in school? That's, that's true. All right. Here's another one. Benny and June. Never seen. Nope. 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 I'm the only one of us who's seen Benny and June. 
wow. All right. Well, all I'll say is that this is the first time I really noticed Johnny Depp as, as a good performer. Um, he's quite good in this. I I used to love this movie when I was like 20 and single, and now I'm just like, oh, okay, I don't never need to watch this movie again. And once you watch it, 500 miles from the Proclaimers will be stuck in your head forever. If it's not already. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is also um, the U.S. release of My Neighbor Totoro. Mike, I'm assuming you brought that up, or is that M who brought that yes. up? It was not me. No, it's, it, no right. it was me. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to bring it up because, obviously, it, it came out in 88 in Japan, I believe. So it was a few years before it got its U.S. release, but... It's genuinely uh, one of the most wonderful movies that Studio Ghibli have ever put out. It is a Hayao Miyazaki movie, and um, it I love it. Um, it's such a wonderfully sweet and innocent movie, and everyone should be watching it. Um, I recently, uh, earlier this year, saw the stage p- uh, play of My oh. Neighbor Totoro, and Honestly, one of the most wonderful things I've ever seen in a theatre. Uh, beautiful puppet work. I cried so much. But I, I love the movie. So the movie is wonderful. The the score is wonderful. The Joe, It's a Joe Hisaishi score. And I'm a big fan of Joe Hisaishi. Oh, but yeah. I wanted to bring it up because, um, you know, I, I, I feel like Studio Ghibli is kind of more well known now than it was obviously back then. But. Even now, like I feel like there's so many people out there who don't know the 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 Studio Ghibli works just purely because they are from Japan. But everyone should watch My Neighbor Totoro. Um, I'm 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 curious if any if any of you guys have seen it. Uh, I assume Andy's seen it because Andy's seen everything uh, apart from Cool Running. So Andy's not the anime guy. Yeah, yeah no, I I've seen he's not seen the Sandlot no. either. No, he's seen the Sandlot. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No. I, no, I haven't seen the Sandlot. No, you haven't seen the Sandlot? No. Oh, no. Okay. Joe, yeah, we had sorry. this conversation. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, no, actually, what's weird is Mike and I la- earlier this year did a four, uh, like a four-week look back at um, the Studio Ghibli movies. This was not on our list, only because we wanted to hit Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, we did Howl, and then we did an early one. Mike, do you remember what was the early one we did? Uh, Castle in the Sky. We we actually did Castle a, the... we did a Twitter poll, and my neighbor oh, was right. on that list. Just okay. was not picked. Um, so I think I mean, we need to revisit this one. But I mean, I mean, we all know what Totoro is. It's actually like the kind of the unofficial mascot. Well, yeah. that, that, well, that's the thing. For you know, in '93, anime was still very much a niche oh, yeah. genre. You know, I mean, as somebody. You know, when I, you know, as somebody anime lover who's been watching it since the late seventies, you know, I it, it, this was back in the days when it was still called Japan Animation. You know, anime wasn't right. even a word. So yeah. for a lot of people, for a lot of international audiences, My Neighbor Totoro was really their first exposure to anime and to like true a true anime film. Yeah. Yeah. And for as much as I love anime and I I have got unending respect for Miyazaki, this is actually one of my um weeks my uh It's my not one of their better honestly, it's not one of their I don't think it's one of their better movies. 
Uh, well, this, one of the, this is one of my blind spots. I this one I have not seen. But like, okay, like for me, like for me, Howl's I mean, Moving Castle. I prefer. I prefer Howl's Moving Castle. Say it's like one of their better movies, but oh no, it's oh a yeah, smooth... Howl's Moving Castle is 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 up there. But this this means a lot to me personally because I have a sister and I saw this when I was a kid and it reminds it always reminds me of my relationship with my younger sister. So I have a very kind of nostalgic love of this movie from watching it as a child. So yeah. it like most things, it's the same with something like Hocus Pocus. You know, if you've watched it as a child, you'll love it as an adult. If you watch it as an adult, you might go, oh, what is this? Same with My yeah. Neighbor Totoro, really. It's not the best that the studio has put out, but it's just the sweetest, most innocent, it lovely is. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and Totoro as a character is so wonderful. Like, I, I'm i yeah. in love with this movie, and uh, I have done an episode <laughs> on it. So uh, I could talk about this movie for a while. Yeah. yeah. I also, Joe, I thought I heard a bottle breaking in the back i'm like thank god she's five thousand miles away <laughs> <laughs> all right I yeah exactly they actually they and actually... That, that's when all the british systems come out like oi like oh shit joe <laughs> <laughs> i believe um in japan they actually showed this on a double bill with grave of the fireflies in the attic so oh my god yeah, well, they, they showed Grave of the Fireflies first, and then they showed this because they were afraid that if people just watched Grave of the Fireflies, they'd leave and commit suicide. So they oh, had to have some, some amount of joy. Oh no, Andy, that is you want to you want to see an a, a, oh, a feature that will like destroy you. I'm aware. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, no, I don't yeah, need no, that in my life. I, I, it, it's one of those that I would I wholeheartedly recommend Grave of the Fireflies. But only watch it once because I've seen yeah. it twice in my life and it destroyed yeah. me both times. So it's a beautiful movie, but I'm, I'm a little bit like, yeah, my neighbor Totoro is so lighthearted and lovely. And then literally like Grave of the Fireflies destroys your soul. Oh. <laughs> so that's basically how they release movies. Uh our studio ghibli released movies in 1988 in japan but yeah watch my neighbor totoro it's it's, yeah it's a lot lighter and a lot easier to to manage but yeah well let's put some color back in them's cheeks here because um there's there's a movie i know that you unapologetically love and that is super mario brothers yes from hollywood pictures the Mario Brothers are out to rescue a kidnapped princess who will take them out of this world into another dimension. Where are we? Luigi! Get him! Are you alright? Super Mario Brothers. This ain't no game. I love Super Mario Brothers. I love it. Again, I watched it all the time when I was a kid. So I have such a nostalgic love for it. And then I basically guested on a podcast. This was a few years ago now. Um, and uh, the, the guys on that podcast were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, Super Mario Brothers. And they were like, really? And I was like, yep. So I bought it on DVD and I watched it again. And I was like, this movie isn't great, but I still love it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's not a good movie, but I really love it. And the more that I learn about this movie and, and how actually technologically advanced the movie was, 
when it came to like the visual effects, it was actually pretty groundbreaking. It's one of those that <coughs> stories that I really want to do an episode on because it really does warrant it. Um, but this year, obviously, with the other Super Mario Brothers movie that's come out, a lot of podcasts have covered Super Mario Brothers, the, you know, the right. 1993 one, because the animated one came out and they were doing a, oh, you know, the animated one's out. So let's go retrospective and look at the old one. So I've kind of held off a little bit on that regard. But I so desperately want to do a Super Mario Brothers episode because it's a, technologically a really important movie for Hollywood. But you wouldn't think because no one likes it and everyone takes, you know, takes the mickey out of it. But I well, love the, Bob the Hoskins. Other, I, well, the other I th- love him. Well, the other thing is, is techno- yeah, technically, in terms of technology, it was pretty advanced. But the only problem is it came out at the same year as the most technologically advanced movie that came out in that year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's that's exactly the thing. So people will herald Jurassic Park, and so they should, because Jurassic Park is wonderful and genuinely one of my favorite movies of all time. But you forget Super Mario Brothers because it came out at about the same time. It also had a dinosaur in it, and it doesn't really hold up as well, shall we say, to be nice. Um, but I love it. I I love yeah. the grimy, dark aesthetic. I love. I love the fact that it's so it's like they said, oh, yeah, let's do a Super Mario Brothers movie and let's do nothing like Super Mario Brothers. Like, let's completely make it up as we go along. Bob Hoskins was like, yeah, let's get pissed during filming. It's cool. (laughs) So everyone was drunk, like him and John Leguizamo were drunk all the time. And but I love it. I genuinely love it. I'm, I'm assuming the rest of you absolutely hate it. But I love it. So I'm going to always advocate for Super Mario Brothers because I love it. All right. In my defense. I've never never seen it and could not find it streaming anywhere for love or money. Yeah. Um, In my defense, I only saw it the one time. And uh, quite honestly, my biggest issue with it was that, and this this was an issue with a lot of movies at the time, just trying to explain why things are the way they are. And it just, I don't know. It's just... I, I don't know. If I go back and watch this movie now, is it going to be fun camp? Yeah. Or... I, I, it's just fungus. Like, trust the fungus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I remember watching it, like, we rented it on VHS probably back in the day, and I remember watching it then. At, we watched it a couple times at that, and I was like, oh, I was expecting something else. And it, it's it's kind of goofy fun but kind of even back then i was like i don't think i like this one as much so i don't know i haven't watched it in years so i can't say for certain maybe if i rewatch it like you say andy it'll be can't be fun but yeah so what about um the next movie on our list here which is robin hood men in tights i know em you've got a lot to say about that one too <laughs> Carrie Ellis well, is this a is beautiful the thing because Robin Hood Men in Tights is <laughs> is one of my one of the most downloaded episodes of my podcast of all time. So people <laughs> love Men in Tights, and clearly there is so much love out there for Robin Hood Men in Tights. And yeah, again, this is one of the ones that I watched all the time as a kid. So I love this movie. This is my Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Elwes <laughs> is 
it's wonderful. Like, unlike any other Robin Hoods, he speaks with an English accent, and I love him for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy some of Robin Hood Man Tice, but for me, what totally kills a lot of the comedy is Roger Reese as the sheriff of Rottingham. He he yeah. he cannot tell jokes. Every single punchline he does is so horrendously forced that it just kills the entire scene for me. When when it's when he's not on the screen, I have fun with the movie. The second he's there, I'm like, all right, I'm out. Hmm. I, I think for myself, a lot of it is because I'm such an old school Mel Brooks fan. That seeing it kind of move into that that Zaz style of of comedy, it's just like I, like I've I think I've gone on record before saying I'm not the biggest fan of Spaceballs for that reason. It's like mm-hmm. just the more like tongue in cheek on the nose type of parody. I'm not as a big of a fan of as you know like some of the other stuff, especially Young Frankenstein. Just the subtleness mm-hmm. and just the slyness of that humor. And that that just that's kind of more of a me thing than it is anything else. But no, I can. But I, I do agree. understand I, a lot of people love this movie. And yes, Carrie always he he is so beautiful. He is so beautiful, and he is so funny. He does yes. humor very well. Yeah, I I do love Blinken. So <laughs> all right, well let's move and on we to something like, else. But uh, we're gonna forget about the fact that Isaac Hayes and Dave Chappelle are in it. Oh God, I forgot about Isaac Hayes. I knew about Dave Chappelle, and yeah. quite honestly, I'm still mad at Dave Chappelle. So I don't want to. And, and Avery Schreiber has a small part. Don DeLuise. Who's Isaac <laughs> Hayes? He's a he's a. a oh, is, chef. He, is, uh, is he Dave Chappelle's Chappelle's like, dad? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, uh, my husband wants to point out that it was the end of the Eric B. and Rakim slash MC Hammer era. Ah, okay. I, you know the the um the meeting of Little John and the whole like you know you know f- fighting on the um on the bridge scene that is mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that was fun. The quarter steps keep getting smaller and smaller, and David Chappelle's like, "What? I'm on the left bank. I'm on the right bank. I'm on the east side. I'm on the west side. It's not that big of a deal." <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, we have a ton of movies to talk about. So why don't we do this? Everybody take a look at the list and pick one more movie you just want to spend a minute or two talking about. And I will extend that out first to our guest, M. M, out of what's left on this list, pick one movie uh, you want to. Okay. I'm okay. just going to go Wayne's World 2 because uh, I, I love Wayne's World and – Wayne's World 2 was one of those movies that, you know, it didn't quite match the original, uh, but it's still a very funny movie and kind of a little bit underrated, uh, I think, you know, with all of the issues with like Penelope Spheris and and all of that. But um, I, that, it's no Wayne's World, but it's okay. Like, it's still a lot of fun to watch, so. There was a time, actually, I thought this was the better of the two movies. I mean, then I went back and I watched Wayne's World and realized that, yes, that movie is, in wrong. fact, brilliant. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I haven't seen Wayne's World 2 in forever, so I don't – I'm fairly certain that my my uh, opinion has not held up at all. <laughs> but that's just me. 
All right, Catherine. All right. Um, I'm gonna say I'm I'm uh, I'm just gonna point out that the piano uh, won three Oscars. One of them was Anna Paquin, so that was cool. But I'm yep. actually gonna talk a little bit more about the Age of Innocence uh, based on uh, the book, and mm-hmm. it was you know a good period piece. It's very very much what the the book was about, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. I just yeah. and I feel like I want to. I might watch it again to appreciate it. But I was so mad at the ending. But that's kind of yeah. the way the author's life went. So right. I I feel like with that movie, it's. I mean, especially with kind of like the you know, of course, you know, with Killers of the Flower Moon and all that, that people aren't talking more about the other movies that he's done that weren't mob films. Mm. And this is one of them. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I think this was kind of gotten forgotten to history, but I remember liking it. Yeah, it's about all the sex that doesn't happen, and that's probably why it doesn't get remembered. <laughs> but that was that was the the author's life was that you know she just had this affair that lasted very briefly, and the guy ditched her, and that was it, and she was miserable. The way she wrote was like she would just write while she was in bed and put pages on the floor and her servants had to like pick them up and organize them and that was how her <laughs> books came out wow yeah it's interesting interesting all right Catherine. thank you joe um i really don't have anything i think we pretty much i think we've covered everything you, you would like to have covered yeah. yep okay how about mike oh what to choose what to choose <laughs> Shall I take one out of your uh, out of your arsenal? No, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Mm. I I feel bad that I left this off the initial list because I I I genuinely just feel bad whenever I kind of forget that this movie exists Mm. because, in all honesty, it's one of the best theatrically released Batman movies ever made. Yeah, and it's just it's so good and encapsulates just it, it. honestly doesn't feel like an episode of the tv show it really feels like they made this for the big screen um and all the voice acting is fantastic um obviously kevin conway who i didn't realize it's been a year since he's been gone um you know mark hamill dana delaney even friggin ellis from die hard is in this (laughs) i mean it's just it is such a good movie um it's one I've tried to have the kids watch, and it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's just the nostalgia talking, but it is it just it it really is the best of the best. When you get to the Batman the Animated Series, mm. I mean, I would put this against uh, an, an equally time amount of of Batman animated shows. This is still it's probably the best thing that they that they've done that Paul Dini did with Batman. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of the episodes are absolutely incredible, but this one it is a really, really solid movie. It is. It's absolutely a solid movie, and it it it, it complements nicely too to the year before when we had Batman Returns. Yeah, and then it just makes you harken back to a, to a, a brighter latter day after Batman Forever came out. Yeah, yeah. just remember the nice things that we used to have. <laughs> God damn you, Chris O'Donnell. Anyway, all right. Like, well, you... then, uh, since you took that off my plate, 
I could talk about Jason Goes to Hell Final Friday, but that's my least favorite Friday the 13th movie, so I'm going to talk about <laughs> Army of Darkness. Which, Is that 1992 or 1993? Because I, I legitimately thought it came out in 92. I, I was just going down the list of movies from 1993 on Wikipedia here, and I saw Army of oh, Darkness. Okay. So, okay. Maybe? Fair enough. I'll check my disc. Uh, you do that, but I don't think we talked IMDb about it last year. It's 92. Huh. Did Wikipedia oh. lie to me? Wikipedia. Yeah, IMDb says it's 92. You can't tell me that Wikipedia is full of shit, can you? I've Googled it. Yeah, no, it says 1992 Horror Fantasy. Why does it say 92? Oh, and by the way, just so we can get this out of the way as well. Oh, Steve Day says, Army of Darkness, Hail the King, baby. There, I said it. Let's move on. Um, No, it's funny because Google says 1992, but IMDb says it'll release February 19th, 1993. It says copyright 1992 on the packaging. I wonder if uh, it was one of those ones where they, they released it like in some theaters in in 92. Oh, Mike, this is a Heather's. This is a Heather's situation. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So this it was this released was, in 92. In this Tenet, was released but in, in the US and at a film festival. Yeah. And then. In the U.S., 1993. So technically, yes, it is ah. 1993 in the U.S. Mike, make so, it so. Yeah. Right. Let's get so. just. Yeah. Thank you, Em. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I well, well of the of the trilogy, I do prefer Evil Dead Two because I think it's a nice, perfect balance of horror and comedy. Next to next one on for my preference would be Army of Darkness because it it goes full on comedy. Um, oh yeah, it's a it's a romp. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> are, are the effects great? No, but they're what you kind of expect from an uh, Evil Dead movie. Well, a classic Evil Dead movie. I've never seen the, yeah. the remake, the the new ones, because not big on horror, and those seem way too much too horror gore for me. But yeah, Army of Darkness just you know they they said Bruce Campbell just do the most Bruce Campbellish stuff that you can do. You know, go full on like. John Wayne impersonation, if you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it definitely yeah. is the most Bruce Campbell of the yes. Evil Dead movies. Yeah, my, my copy of the disc is actually Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness. Yeah. Shout smart, <laughs> sharp, yes, smart. This is my boomstick. Yes. Yes. I've heard this movie movies. referred to as Medieval Dead. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the most listen, you movies. listen, you medieval screwheads, <laughs> and a, a little bit of Bridget's uh, soup song on Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda was in there. Mm-hmm. She's oh. the girlfriend at Smart. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. Wow, there's a name for the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to go back and rewatch this because I was thinking about just the Evil Dead movies in general. Um, it occurred to me about two years ago, I had never seen the first Evil Dead, so I finally watched it because it was on Netflix. But I got to go back and watch Evil Dead 2, which I know I own on DVD. It's been for, it's been forever since I've seen um, Army of Darkness, so I, I definitely need to go back and watch. I remember liking it. I remember it, the whole Kwatu, Barata. <laughs> <laughs> there, I said it. I'm taking it now. 
<laughs> Maybe we should do uh, a month of uh, Evil Dead. Well, at least, at least one, two, and three. Yeah, one, two, and three. I think we could touch on the on the on the rem- the remake as well that just came out. I've heard that they're not remakes; they're they're continuations. Okay. Well, it, it's basically just like the the Necronomicon curse gets released again and kills a bunch of people, and they got to fight back against it. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's there's like something about how there's multiple copies in different cabins across the world, just waiting. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's it's a sequel. It takes place in the same universe, but it's not really connected to it in a direct way. I mean, Evil Evil Dead Two rehashes Evil Dead One in the yeah. first half, so and Army yeah. of Darkness rehashes the ending of of Evil Dead Two, so they're yeah. all loosely connected. And you stole that from Steve Allen. <laughs> so. All right. Emma, any thoughts on um, Army of Darkness before we sign off for part one of our two part, our epic two part episode and everyone can go to the bathroom? Uh, do you know, it's it's one of those. I haven't seen it in such a long time. And I recently bought the triple disc Blu-ray. So I've got Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. I've rewatched Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, but I've not got round to rewatching Army of Darkness yet. So, again, that's another one on my list. Um, but I love Evil Dead and I love Evil Dead 2 because, well, Evil Dead 2 specifically because it's just so much fun. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, I, I will rewatch Army of Darkness. Excellent, excellent. Well, folks, thank you so much for sticking around for this kind of long part one. We're really kind of teasing the top ten at this point. Um, <laughs> but we... I, I know we pr- we skipped a whole bunch of movies, so I apologize to all you Coneheads fans out there, to all of you um, oh, What's of you. Eating Gilbert Grape fans out there, and most specifically to all you Gettysburgs fans out there, because oh God, something something rise again. We we covered this on an earlier episode, so <laughs> we will we will be back in about a week or so. Um, with part two, where we're going to openly, openly, we're going to discuss the top 10 uh, U.S. domestic uh, movies of the year. I guarantee it'll be a shorter episode, so we appreciate y'all sticking with us. But before we sign off, first of all, I want to thank M for joining us for this part. She'll be back in a, you know, part two, but uh, M, thank you so much. M, where can our folks find you? Oh, as always, you guys, it's been so much fun to just discuss these movies with you. And yeah, love coming on to Geek Salad always. Uh, so thank you so much for having me back. And I look forward to coming back next week for the next one, which is being recorded imminently. Just, you know, just getting the uh, g- taking away the podcast magic there. We're not going to be recording the next one in a week. We're going to be recording it now. Um, Say what's behind so, that curtain. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone knows. Um, but yeah, you can find me and you can find Verbal Diorama and you can find episodes on uh Last Action Hero, Nine Before Christmas, Adam's Family Values, uh My Neighbor Totoro, Hot Shots Part Duh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and a little bit of Wayne's World too on the Wayne's World episode at Verbal Diorama. Wherever you find your podcasts. So wherever you find Geek Salad, you can find Verbal Diorama and you can find me online at verbal diorama on twitter because it's still called twitter instagram facebook threads blue sky yeah all over but thank you 
so much for having me and I look forward to coming back next week. Yes, excellent. And uh, yeah, and you can find us here at Geek Salad pretty much wherever you're finding all of M stuff. We're all in the same place. Uh, just like with M, if you're on iTunes, give her a five-star review. Um, and also just head over to Geek Salad and do the same thing, please. It's always very nice. Um, you can also find us on YouTube uh, at Geek Salad Podcast, where Mike and I do weekly retro reviews. Um, by the time this launches, I don't know if we'll still be doing it, but we are currently reviewing season one of Netflix's uh, One Piece, which has been an adventure so far. But you can also check out our past reviews as well. We are on um, all the socials. We are on Facebook at Geek Salad Podcast and at Geek Salad Radio at all the usual suspects, Twitter, um, Blue Sky, and Threads. Whew. All right, folks. Well, I think everyone here needs a toilet break and maybe get a snack or something and, you know, say hello to loved ones. So uh, <laughs> we will be back in about a week with part two of this. And until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Generation West Point, top of his class, Korea, airborne, about a thousand decorations, etc., etc. I loved you in Wall Street! <laughs>